0: Hey, everybody, this is Heidi St. John. Thanks for tuning in today. You guys found me at my little corner of the internet. Today is Thursday, the 16th of June, and today I am thrilled to have Jennifer Hoffman on the show with me today. She is the founder of Life Options Network, and for the last five years, she has been developing a support system for women facing unexpected pregnancies and parenting with little to no resources. This is gonna be a powerful conversation about the role of the church with regard to abortion. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. So, thank you guys for tuning in today. As always, I want to remind you that we've got an awesome study happening right now for you over at Mom Strong International. We are studying discernment for the month of June. The Apostle Peter saying that we are required as believers to test. All things. And if ever there was a a time that we needed to test things, the time is now. We have a culture that's literally on its head right now. You guys have heard me say many, many times that I believe 90% of the issues we're facing in the culture right now are moral at their root. Today is one of those important topics that the church for far too long has neglected. In its desire to stay apolitical, we've become sort of amoral in the process. And it's a huge, big issue. So I'm excited to have uh, Jennifer Hoffman on the show with me. I am a monthly supporter of Life Options Network. I love the ministry that they're doing. I was introduced to it through uh, my beautiful friend, Chloe, and Chloe introduced me to Jennifer. Jennifer's got three beautiful daughters, and uh, she lives with her husband, Jeremiah, here locally, believes that faith and endurance are essential to building quality organizations, this woman is on the front lines of the pro-life movement. You guys are going to be so blessed to have her. Welcome, Jennifer, to the show.
1: Thank you so much. It's such an honor to be here. And I just love your work and everything that you've put out. It's so powerful, so needed right now.
0: Thank you. Well, the culture's in trouble, right? I mean, we've got, we've yes. got issues from stem to stern in this country right now. And I want to just start by asking, so we, people do not just, you know, tiptoe into the pro-life movement. This is a massive spiritual battle. And I expect uh, that any day now we're going to get a ruling from SCOTUS on abortion. And I fully believe that these guys are going to overturn Roe v. Wade. There's a lot of people that mistakenly believe that once that happens, abortion will be illegal. But that's not true at all, is it? Not at
1: all, no. It will actually just be handed down to the states. And each state will be able to, to decide uh, whether they whether or not they want abortion and uh, that will eliminate quite a few uh, states that would like to keep abortion. Uh, but obviously, places like California, Oregon, Washington would still would still be allowing abortion.
0: Yeah, I mean, we were we were performing abortions here in Washington state long before Roe v. Wade was decided. And frankly, you know, I've been saying this for a long time. I mean, this is a really good example of the overreach of federal government and the the improper rule of law, particularly as it relates to SCOTUS. Because this was always a Tenth Amendment issue, this should never have gone to the federal government. This is a states' rights issue. So what they're doing with this ruling is they're not saying they're not doing it for morality's sake, right? They're right. simply saying this was a states' rights issue; it should never have been given to the federal government. And so what they're they're going to do now is kick it back to the states. And the fight here in Washington State and in the entire Pacific Northwest will continue. Uh, yes. We're going to have to we're going to have to fight very hard for life. So you. You have found the Life Options Network. Why did you do that?
1: Well, it was uh, quite a few reasons, actually. I grew up with a lot of women, specifically in the church setting, who had actually gotten pregnant. And I walked with them. I walked with them for several years and watched their journey. Specifically, one person who was a very, very close friend of mine, she was uh, really struggling just to to really, I guess, find acceptance and uh, really know where her resources were, even though there was uh, quite a few people around her. There just wasn't an understanding of things like housing. Where do I go when I'm struggling for rent support? What do I do when I'm out of food? Uh, Where do I find childcare now that I've chosen life? And in 2017, I had kind of had that journey with her. My first uh, experience with an unplanned pregnancy, I was 13 years old. My friend that was 14 was raped. And uh, I was with her when she had her baby as well. So uh, we ha- I had just had these experiences with women who had gotten pregnant in really difficult circumstances. Um, they were within a church context and they you know, walked out their, uh, their choosing life. And so I had a different perspective, I think, as I walked into this. Uh, I also had a perspective and understanding of the political when it comes to uh, the right to life issue, wanting to see Roe v. Wade overturned, wanting to see babies' lives saved. Uh, just the fact that there are women are being lied to and drawn into these clinics and told that their babies' lives don't matter and that they ultimately, you know, can't succeed without abortion. It's so anti-woman. And so, as I was in my living room uh, in 2017, I was watching the pro-abortion march as I like. to call it. It's the Women's March.
0: Yeah. The Women's March. The anti-women's March is (laughs) what it is. It's a shameful, shameful thing.
1: Yes. Yeah. And I was just standing there and I'd had these life experiences and I'd seen both sides and I just cried out to the Lord and I said, God, we need more. We need more. Uh, Women are being lied to. We have wonderful organizations that are doing amazing work, but as I've walked with these women who have chosen life, I want to see something radical. I want to see something where the church is so engaged that they could not uh, say no. And so uh, in that moment, uh, I heard the Lord say, I want you to go, which was later confirmed by my friend who called me the next day, who was also watching the march. And she said, Jenny, we need to talk about this. We need to do something. And so that was the beginning of the, the baby stages of Life Options Network.
0: Well, I want to go back to something that you touched on a minute ago. You said that you had a friend, and when you were thirteen, a fourteen-year-old friend of yours was raped and became pregnant through rape. So, this is the primary argument of the the pro-abortion, the pro-aborts who will say you've got to have uh, abortion exceptions for incest and rape and the life of the mother. When in reality, we know this is a very, very, very small percentage of mm-hmm. the Of the pregnancies that occur here in the United States, but more importantly, to the point of rape you 're talking about what is a a woman 's really worst nightmare that yes. at fourteen years old you could be taken advantage of in such an egregious way and then uh, become pregnant as a result so this young girl really she 's just a girl at yep. fourteen years old becomes pregnant uh obviously against her will. what motivated her? To choose life for her baby?
1: Well, I think she, you know, she was a Christian. She did have that basis of understanding that every life has value. Uh, the other piece of it, which I think is very important and something that we really pay attention to at Life Options Network, is that she had family support and people that were excited for her to choose life instead of, uh, you know, pushing her toward the abortion clinic. Uh, did she keep a the lot- baby? She did. She did keep the baby and she raised this baby who's I believe now in his 20s, um, you know, and she ended up getting a career in all of this. But, uh, you know, that connection she had to her family is everything, yeah. because yeah. historically there have been those who would kick out their child, even if they were raped or, you know, had had a horrible experience if they became pregnant because of just kind of the um, stigma that comes, you know, with pregnancy in a, a non-married situation in some.
0: Do you think, though, that in the culture right now, the stigma is not really there anymore? I mean, for goodness sake, in the culture right now, we can't even say what a woman is, right? Right. No, and absolutely. So you you hear people, young girls or whatever, who are engaged in in sexual activity from a very young age and they become pregnant. It's not like it was in the 50s or even the 60s or 70s. You know, my mom right. would tell me when she was growing up, if a young girl found out that she was pregnant, you got shipped away to a home, right? Right, Or right. sometimes you get kicked out of your family. That's, the stigma is not so much there anymore, at least not that I can see. I mean, I'm not sure. saying it doesn't happen, but it seems right. like the bigger issue is that we just have a blatant disregard for human life. Right. So a girl finds out she's pregnant. Oh, no big deal. You know, get an abortion.
1: It's, yeah, I think it's multifaceted. There there are sections of society. Uh, actually, I would say uh, there are obviously, like you said, there are some uh, sections of Christianity that don't always embrace, uh, women in those moments, which you, Certainly know, true. Yeah. you know, but there is yeah. also the challenge of finance. So a lot of women are being pressured by boyfriend, by spouse, uh, by whoever to abort it, m- mothers and fathers, because, well, we can't afford that baby. And when you mm-hmm. look at the statistics, 75% of women are getting abortions because they state poverty. Um, most of them are under the poverty level or at poverty, and so in their mind, this is their way of providing. And so, if you know, if we as the church can answer that why, uh, then we are going to have a much better opportunity at seeing women choose life. Uh, and I believe, you know, if you look at Margaret Sangers, she was somebody who grew up in poverty. She saw women uh, getting uh, essentially, uh, you know, pregnant in poverty and was also a eugenicist. She believed, you know, in essentially uh, getting rid of minorities altogether. So she had this perception of lack, a lack perspective, this perspective that more babies meant less for everyone else. And this, you know, kind of atheistic perspective of there's not enough that we are all going to struggle uh, if there's more babies born, was really a deep root in the pro-choice movement through Margaret Sanger. And she actually sent people to uh, Black churches to promote abortion. And now we know that uh, Black Americans are three times more likely to get an abortion, which is why uh, they don't have the numbers that they would have. Uh, But really, when you look at the root of, of the why, it really is lack. And so at Life Options Network, we get to watch the Lord bring abundance. And that's really the perspective we come at at it with, is in abundance. Uh, So we provide uh, access to every resource possible when it comes to rent, when it comes to food, uh, even transportation when needed. We've moved women across the country to be in safer situations. And we're also whole life. Uh, So sometimes when we think of pro-life, we might think of just kind of the moment of the pregnancy. But we love to acknowledge at Life Options Network the long term uh, commitment she is making, uh, which is such a blessing to her that this child is worth sacrificing for, that this child is valuable, that she is valuable, that she was ultimately made uh, to be this mother to this child, uh, but that we're going to come alongside her. Because we have such a fatherless nation. Uh, we have so many people without, and we, we've got uh, a culture within the public schools that's pushing for early sexuality, that's pushing for kids to you know, be sexually active earlier and earlier and, oh, by the way, just go get an abortion. And we're standing here saying, actually, in the case, if you are going to come against the family, then the church, God's people, they're going to come alongside her. And that's what Life Options Network is. We're going to come alongside her, not only so that she'll have that baby, but that when she's struggling, they can call, she can call us. And so we've had, we've paid thousands in rent support across the country. We've we've networked with other pro-life organizations across the nation uh, who have needed help. And as Roe v. Wade is overturned, thank you, Jesus, we are going to need a lot more help, a lot more networking to be done because uh, we have a cultural issue, right?
0: Yeah, we really do. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I want to touch on something that you're alluding to, but haven't actually said. This is a very important topic and we're going to pick it up in just a minute. We'll be right back. A couple of months ago, a Sweet family sent me some coffee. They're a homesteading homeschool family that just wanted to say thank you for encouraging them in their decision to home educate. You guys, it's the best coffee. I am serious. It's called Shepherd's Crook Coffee and the Sweeten family followed God's calling when they started this amazing company. Organic beans, air roasted in micro batches, the whole shebang. They are also offering flat rate shipping anywhere in the United States and a special discount to my listeners. Check them out at shepherdscrickcoffee.com and use the discount code Heidi at the checkout for 25% off your entire order. That's com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps
1: you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the Launch Your Online Shop stage
0: helping these moms so they find out that they're pregnant. So we're not I, one of the things I can't stand that comes from the pro abortion industry and I see it all the time on my social media pages because I've been a really a strong advocate for the pro life movement for many many years and a lot of times they'll say, "Oh, you're just pro birth." You're right. just pro birth, which is such a ridiculous baseless argument because really the pro life movement is anything but pro birth. We are pro life, right. right? From yes. conception to natural death. We're not just pro life for the unborn. We're pro-life for the elderly. We're pro-life yes, for the yeah. Down syndrome cho- children who are disproportionately murdered in the womb because people think that a, a child with Down syndrome has no value. So what do you say to the movement when it tells you you are pro-birth?
1: I would say it's a blatant lie. I, I know that most people uh, really, what, what they say mean by that is that there needs to be more and that there's not enough. Uh, kind of what I alluded to earlier. But the pro life movement, they're gonna be more likely to adopt, they're gonna be more likely to foster, they're gonna be more likely to bring children in. What I think we can do better is being uh, broader and more strategic at how we do it. Uh, But I believe that the pro life movement, they're the pro people, they're pro helping the poor. Uh, Christians specifically are pro helping the poor. And, uh, you know, we've even got. Uh, pro-lifers who are not Christian at all now uh, that are really advocating for life. And I think that's really powerful. But yes, the, the pro-life movement is not just pro-birth, uh, but there, I think that there are strategies we can do that can become a broader and a more powerful net uh, for women so that they aren't caught in circumstances alone and that the church can really come around them in a, in a more powerful way as they are mothering
0: yeah how many women are coming through your organization uh, on average? So on average
1: uh, we have very part time hours. We have fifteen hours a week where we are actually open to appointments. so in that context we we have about eighty to ninety women a month coming through our doors, and a majority of those women are uh pregnant. Uh, Many of them, I had one yesterday that knocked on our door and just banged on the door and said, I need a pregnancy test right now. Um, And, you know, we're setting the tone uh, that, you know, it doesn't have to be a clinic. It's not a clinical setting. It's just a free store. And this model, it's just drawing in everybody, anybody that, you know, might need help down the road. And really what it's doing is it's setting a mindset around, uh, you know, that we're going to be there for them, not only, you know, for that moment of pregnancy, but hey, we have 5T clothes over here? Do you have a five year old? Um, You can come and exchange clothing anytime. We can connect you to teenagers' clothing if you need it. Do you need counseling? Okay, we're going to connect you to the people we know who do the counseling. And we have advocates who walk with these women. Uh, So, you know, we have women, you know, on the East Coast, on the West Coast who will call us uh, or be referred to us through other organizations who just need someone to talk to, uh, who are struggling with anxiety and parenting, and especially parenting alone, uh, which is incredibly difficult. And so we are here saying, you can choose life, we will walk with you. And so these 80 to 90 women that come in, uh, you know, they're really blessed as they're receiving so much. And so we basically give them every single thing they could need uh, for their child once they are pregnant and uh, in that circumstance.
0: So you're doing something a little bit different because there are a lot of uh, really great organizations out there that are trying to help in the pro-life movement. And you've taken a little bit of a different tack. When you say that it's a store and not a clinic, what do you mean? Because people are listening and go, what, what in the world is she talking about? Yeah,
1: right. It's a totally different model. Uh, we have a free store. And what we do is we offer women can come in every six months. Uh, they get 15 items, items of clothing per child, two furniture items, a bunch of diapers, uh, anything that they might need. Because provision. So when you look at statistics, it's that provision piece. So we're coming along bringing provision. And then on their form, when they fill it out, you they'll, we'll ask them if they need an ultrasound. If they do, we'll send them down to our amazing pro life clinics, which we love. Um, and then if they are needing rent or they need something like that, we have a rent support program that we provide. Uh, and if they just need someone to talk to, we have our advocates just to, to connect with them. So it's a little more, it's completely provision. So when you think of life options network, you want to think provision. And, uh, so that's That's the experience that they're having uh, when they walk through those doors.
0: So that's amazing because that, well, A, you're obliterating the whole pro-birth narrative that comes out of the abortion industry. Mm -hmm. And really, these are people that care nothing for human life. And we see so many tragic stories coming out of abortion clinics where I, in fact, I read uh, just a couple of days ago, another young girl went in for an abortion and they accidentally perforated her uterus. Yeah. Uh, this is a young girl who will never be able to have a baby again. And the baby that she did have, she has now sadly uh, taken its life. And we don't hear these stories very much uh, because no. the mainstream media really does silence them. You have um, been doing something extraordinary around the country. And I want to give, we have about a minute and a half left in the show. I want, you to take just a moment and tell listeners how they can support you? Are you guys, are you uh, volunteer run? So people are listening going, man, I'd love to get involved. How can they reach out to you?
1: So if you want to reach out and volunteer, go to lifeoptionshelp at gmail.com and just email us. If you want to donate, go to lifeoptionsnetwork.org slash donate. Uh, Both of those things are incredibly helpful. We do have staff, but we also have volunteer roles.
0: Amazing. So I want to just encourage people who are listening today, this is a very, very important topic. It's going to get more important, and we're going to come back tomorrow and talk about what is going to happen to the pro-life industry and the pro-life ministries that are uh, around the nation when Roe v. Wade is overturned. And I really do believe it will be overturned, and then our work will not just double, it will quadruple. And the importance of these ministries cannot be understated. So uh, Jennifer, would you mind coming back tomorrow and let's pick it up? I've got a couple of questions. I, I want to talk it. to you about uh, fatherlessness and the epidemic really of fatherlessness and how that has impacted uh, the pro-life community and why we see such a such a turn in the culture and also the yeah. role of church. Would you come back tomorrow? We'll pick this up where we're leaving off today.
1: Love it. That would be great. Looking forward to it.
0: Awesome. For more information on Life Options Network, please go to com forward slash podcast. Scroll down to the show notes. I will link back to these particular Uh, these particular links in the show notes today. So if you're interested in donating, which I hope that you will, interested in volunteering, certainly interested in praying for the ministry that is Life Options Network, that's the place to do it, HeidiStJohn.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening today, everybody. I appreciate it. And I will see you back here tomorrow again with Jennifer Hoffman right here at the intersection of faith and culture.